What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Said Istra viciously at dusk. It was the first time she had spoken for a mile. Then, after another quarter mile, Please don't mind my being silent. I'm sort of stiff and my feet hurt most unromantically. You won't mind, will you? Of course he did mind, and of course he said he didn't. He artfully skirted the field of conversation by very West Sixteenth Street observations on a town through which they passed, while she merely smiled wearily and at best remarked, Yes, that's so, whether it was so or not. He was reflecting, Istra's terrible tired. I ought to take care of her. He stopped at the wood-pillared entrance of a temperance inn and commanded, "'Come, we'll have something to eat here.' To the astonishment of both of them, she meekly obeyed with, "'If you wish.' It cannot be truthfully said that Mr. Wren proved himself a person of savoir-faire in choosing a temperance hotel for their dinner. Istra didn't seem so much to mind the fact that the tablecloth was coarse and the water-glasses thick, and that everywhere the elbow ran into a superfluity of greasy pepper and salt-casters, but when she raised her head wearily to peer around the room she started, glared at Mr. Wren, and accused, "'Are you by any chance aware of the fact that this place is crowded with tourists? There are two family parties from Davenport or Omaha. I know they are.' "'Oh, they ain't such bad-looking people,' protested Mr. Wren just because he had induced her to stop for dinner the poor man thought his masculine superiority had been recognized oh they're terrible can't you see it oh you're hopeless why that big guy that big man with the rimless spectacles looks like he might be a good civil engineer and i think that lady opposite him they're americans so are we i'm not i thought why of course i was born there but well just the same i think they're nice people now see here must i argue with you can i have no peace tired as i am those chippers are speaking of quaint english flavour can you want anything more than that to damn them and they've been touring by motor seeing every inn on the road maybe it's fun for now don't argue with me i know what i'm talking about why do i have to explain everything they're hopeless mr wren felt a good wholesome desire to spank her but he said most politely you're awfully tired don't you want to stay here to-night or maybe some other hotel and i'll stay here no don't want to stay any place want to get away from myself she said exactly like a naughty child so they tramped on again darkness was near they had plunged into a country which in the night seemed to be a stretch of desolate moorlands as they were silently plodding up a hill the rain came it came with a roar, a pitiless drenching against which they fought uselessly, soaking them, slapping their faces, blinding their eyes. He caught her arm and dragged her ahead. She would be furious with him because it rained, of course, but this was no time to think of that. He had to get her to a dry place. Istra laughed. Oh, isn't this great? We're real vagabonds now. Why, doesn't that khaki soak through? Aren't you wet? To the skin, she shouted gleefully and i don't care we're doing something poor dear is it worried i'll race you to the top of the hill 
the dark bulk of a building struck their sight at the top and they ran to it just now mr wren was ready to devour alive any irate householder who might try to turn them out he found the building to be a ruined stable the door off the hinges the desolate thatch falling in he struck a match and holding it up standing straight the master all unconscious for once in his deprecating life of the wrenishness of mr wren he discovered that the thatch above the horse manger was fairly waterproof come on up on the edge of the manger istra he ordered this is a perfectly good place for a murder she grinned as they sat swinging their legs he could fancy her grinning he was sure about it and well content have i been so very grouchy mouse don't you want to murder me i'll try to find you a long pin nope i don't think so much i guess we can get along without it this time oh dear dear this is very dreadful you're so used to me now that you aren't even scared of me any more gee i guess i'll be scared of you all right as soon as i get you into a dry place but i ain't got time now sitting on a manger ain't this the funniest place now i must beat it out and find a house there ought to be one somewheres near here and leave me here in the darknesses and wetnesses not a chance the rain'll soon be over anyway really i don't mind a bit i think it's rather fun her voice was natural again natural and companionable and brave she laughed as she stroked her wet shoulder and held his hand sitting quietly and bidding him listen to the soft forlorn sound of the rain on the thatch but the rain was not soon over and their dangling position was very much like riding a rail i'm so uncomfortable fretted istra see here istra please i think i'd better go see if i can't find a house for you to get dry in i feel too wretched to go any place too wretched to move well then i'll make a fire here there ain't much danger the place will catch fire she began querulously but he interrupted her oh let the darn place catch fire i'm going to make a fire i tell you i don't want to move it'll just be another kind of discomfort that's all why couldn't you try and take a little bit of care of me anyway oh honey he wailed in youthful bewilderment i did try to get you to stay at the hotel in town and get some rest well you ought to have made me don't you realize that i took you along to take care of me uh now don't argue about it i can't stand argument all the time he thought instantly of lee teresa zapp quarrelling with her mother but he said nothing he gathered the driest bits of thatch and wood he could find in the litter on the stable floor and kindled the fire while she sat sullenly glaring at him her face wrinkled and tired in the wan firelight when the blaze was going steadily a compact and safe little fire he spread his coat as a seat for her and called cheerily come on now honey here's a regular home and hearthstone for you she slipped down from the manger edge and stood in front of him looking into his eyes which were level with her own you are good to me she half whispered and smoothed his cheek then slipped down on the outspread coat and murmured come sit here by me and we'll both get warm all night the rain dribbled but no one came to drive them away from the fire and they dozed side by side their hands close and their garments steaming istra fell asleep and her head drooped on his shoulder he straightened to bear its weight though his back twinged with stiffness and there he sat unmoving through an hour of pain and happiness and confused meditation studying the curious background the dark roof of broken thatch the age corroded walls the littered earthen floor his hand pressed lightly the clammy smoothness of the wet khaki of her shoulder his wet sleeve stuck to his arm and he wanted to pull it free 
His eyes stung, but he sat tight while his mind ran round in circles, considering that he loved Istra, and that he would not be entirely sorry when he was no longer the slave to her moods, that this adventure was the strangest and most romantic, also the most idiotic and useless in history. Toward dawn she stirred, and, slipping stiffly from his position, he moved her so that her back, which was still wet, faced the fire. He built up the fire again, and sat brooding beside her, dozing and starting awake till morning. Then his head bobbed, and he was dimly awake again to find her sitting up straight, looking at him in amazement. "'It simply can't be, that's all. Did you curl me up? I'm nice and dry all over now. It was very good of you. You've been a most commendable person.' but I think we'll take a train for the rest of our pilgrimage. It hasn't been entirely successful, I'm afraid. Perhaps we'd better. For a moment he hated her with her smooth politeness after a night when she had been unbearable and human by turns. He hated her bedraggled hair and tired face. Then he could have wept, so deeply did he desire to pull her head down on his shoulder and smooth the wrinkles of weariness out of her dear face, the dearer because they had endured the weariness together. But he said, well, let's try to get some breakfast first, Istra. With their garments wrinkled from rain, half asleep and rather cross, they arrived at the aesthetic but respectable colony of Angusmere by the noon train. End of chapter 10 Read by Don W. Jenkins Rancho San Diego, California Shaggybark.blogspot.com